Hello everyone, this is Brother Chris Hewitt with you again for another Missionary Mondays episode. I hope you're enjoying this. Please take time to follow the YouTube channel, go over to Facebook, follow who will go on Facebook, and then uh, Lord willing, we've got a new podcast, the Who Will Go podcast, to uh, highlight these uh, Missionary Monday uh, interviews with these dear missionaries. This has uh, been such a blessing. We've had such good feedback, and today we have with us Brother Ian Brown. He is a church planner in Boston, Massachusetts, and I've never met Brother Ian in person. We have a mutual friends uh, through Brother James Ruckman, who is in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and West Africa, and then Brother Jody Hodnett, who is in Scotland. So we have mutual yep. friends. We've never met each other in person. This is our first conversation, so this is a little different. All the other guys I've, I've kind of known for a little while, but this is our first interaction with somebody we've never met in person. So we want to meet them better. We want to get to know them more, but we want you to get to know them more. And as always, our purpose is to highlight missionaries and missions and uh, thine eye hath affected thine heart. We want you to uh, consider yeah. missions. So, brother, brother Ian, welcome today. I, I'm glad you could be on with us. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on. It's really cool with technology. How, like you and I, obviously, we, you know, we we have mutual friends and, and we have spoken on social media. But it's just really cool. You know, thank God for you know, in a way, thank God for technology That's if right. it can be used right. You know, you can use it to honor God and to edify one another. It's pretty cool. Yes, yes, sir. If we're going to get into our generation's hearts, we've got to get into their heads. And if we're going to get into their heads, we're going to have to get into their hands. Amen. So oh, dude, that's we, good. I'm stealing that. Yes, sir. We've got to utilize that. And Brother Ian, check out his Facebook page. He has got some great videos of the need in Boston. But uh, I want to get started. I want you to meet Brother Ian, and I want to get to know him better. The first question we're going to ask Brother Ian today is, Brother Ian, uh, can you tell us about your background, your testimony, and your call? if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, I'm from, I'm from like Metro Detroit. So, uh, you know, grew up in Metro Detroit and, uh, had, you know, I, I feel like I had a pretty good home life. Uh, you know, I, I had mom and a dad and we, you know, we, we, we had money and we had stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, not, I wouldn't say super rich or anything, but you know, uh, pretty, pretty decent home life, I would say in some regards, but, but, uh, we just, we just really didn't go to church. My, my, my mom and dad were saved. Uh, my, my grandparents were Christians and, uh, my, my mom and dad, I think in the early part of their life were, were probably lost and they were living for themselves. And, uh, when, when they did start coming to the Lord, uh, it, it was, their marriage was falling apart. And I think that they tried to go to church to like see if it would fix their marriage, and the, and the devil just I don't know just got the upper hand. I don't you know. Uh, so uh, you know, next thing I know, you know, you're I'm 14 years old, and and you know my, my parents split up, and my mom ended up leaving, and uh, you know I had a I have a dad who I know loved us a lot. My dad had a real hardcore anger issues though. Uh, m- m- you know, my my dad was. Uh, 
not really physically abusive, but, you know, really verbally abusive, that sort of like just very like, dude, my brother and I would just sit there a lot of times and just kind of, you know, live like this and, and a lot of tension. And uh, so, man, when I when I could get out of the house, man, I was ready. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, I was ready to go in, in high school. Uh, you know, they always tell you to get good grades and, and go to college and make a bunch of money. And all I honestly wanted to do was join the military. I went, I actually, I had a, had a scholarship to Michigan state wow. for journalism, a partial scholarship to Michigan state. And I ended up just, I didn't even care. My senior year, I was like, no man, I'm joining the army. Wow. And, uh, it was 2000. And I went down and, and took the ASVAB and swore in and uh, I was on a delayed entry program because I hadn't finished high school yet. But uh, I remember my dad was so upset because uh, he, he's like, you're joining the army. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to join the army. And I, and I didn't I didn't even do like a, he was angry. He goes, you didn't you didn't even pick like a, a, a trade uh, that you could you know do something with. Like I signed up to do uh, airborne infantry. I'm like, I just want to jump out of planes and, and kick in doors. I, I think I was angry, dude. I, I, I just I know myself. I know I was I was full of anger. And, you know, realistically, dude, I probably just wanted, you know, wanted to take it out on somebody. And uh, so my senior year of high school, I, I moved out. I moved out on my own and uh, uh, started partying a lot. And uh, uh, I, I went out. I, I got a bunch of tattoos. And, and uh, next thing I know, dude, when it comes time to, you know, when it came like the summer of 2001, uh, it comes time to, to, to actually join, you know, I go down there and they tell me, they're like, man, this much of your tattoo will show in a class A military uniform. They're like, we, you can't join. Wow. And, I, and I'm like, what? Like, I, you know, all this, man, and, and needless to say, a few months later when September 11th happened, yeah. all of a sudden they called me back and, we want and you dude, I was so bitter. Yeah, I was so, I told them, I'm like, dude, I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm like, if, if, you know, if, if it's not good enough, then I'm like, it's not good enough now. I'm like, I'm not going to go die for you, you know, just because yeah. like, but, uh, you know, I basically said all that to say this, you know, like, I think early on, I just, I found myself like 18, 19 years old and I'm like, dude, like everything, all my plans got changed. And, uh, I ended up going, going to uh, trade school and learning a skilled trade. And I thank God for that. And I, I think that you know, I, I tell teenagers all the time when I preach at youth conferences, I'm like, dude, forget going to college. That's I'm right. like, go to trade school, go be an H, you know, go, go repair HVAC That's systems right. and, and make a hundred grand a year for six months of school. And, you know, but, uh, uh, all that to say this, I ended up getting a really good job working for Toyota and Lexus and was making really, really good money, but was 24, 25 years old, dude, and my life was controlled by drugs and alcohol, my life was controlled by sin, just totally depressed, just totally, I mean, just messed up, man, messed up. Uh, my wife and I were, were dating at the time, and, you know, we, we ended up getting married, and, you know, I kept thinking, I'm like, man, if, if, if I make enough money, dude, like that I'll, I'll be whatever happy or fulfilled or whatever you're looking for you know we, we know now in retrospect it's jesus yes sir. you get this you get this hole in your heart that only jesus your creator can fill but men will just throw anything at it to fill it and uh, i'll say this i have found since being a christian that that still applies 
I, I don't care if you're born again or not. Yes, if you don't, if you're not walking with God with that relationship, I've seen born again Christians, and they will throw money and relationships. Yes, they they will do anything to try to make that up. But we, we can't without Jesus. Uh, man, I was just full of depression, full of anger. My life was falling apart, dude. In those four or five years, like from high school to when I got saved, dude, I was in and out of jail all the time, always getting locked up, uh, just self-destructive. I, I you read in the Bible and it talks about when a demon is in somebody, how a lot of times it would like throw them down in the fire. It was always trying to get them to kill themselves and destroy themselves. That self-destructive demonic behavior. And I'm not, I, I, I don't think I was possessed with a demon or anything, but who knows, man? I was, it, there was there was demons in my my life it got to a point where i remember driving home from work and i was so just like i just wanted to die so much i would get drunk every night i get off work and immediately start drinking i hit the liquor store right next door to my work and i would start driving home and just be pounding booze man i only lived like 20 minutes from work but i mean i was already drunk by the time i'd get home it was just full-blown like my life was wide open like it's wide open for the devil you know and i remember driving home right before I got saved driving home and man, I'd look at, there is a, you know, I just look at like a tree, just say, or something. And I just sit there and think to myself, like, man, I'm just going to put my foot into this pedal and I'm going to drive right into that tree. I, and I looking back, dude, I, I feel like the devil just wanted me to kill myself. I, I feel like there was something demonic going on. I, I don't know I'm, in heaven. I'm sure the Lord will reveal it. We'll see it all. And, but, uh, just wanted to die. Just wanted to die, man. I just wanted to die. I didn't know what was missing. I mean, I, I thank God. Hey, Dude, my brother Aaron, my brother Aaron, like a few years before I got saved, he got saved. And he becomes this Christian. He's sitting there talking about Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you know, Jesus. I'm like, yeah, it, it's Jesus. Like, he died for us. And it's, you know, I, I, like, even though I didn't go to church, living in America, we still have, like, at least some of us do, there's still kind of a basic, even understanding of the gospel. Yes, and it's dangerous, I think. It's day, and it scares me, Brother Chris, because I feel like there's so many people like me. Dude, if I would have died, if I would have drove into that tree, I would have cracked hell wide open. Yes, sir. But, like, but because of having this, this, I don't know how the word to use, because in America we have a closer proximity to the gospel, we hear the name Jesus, but we don't believe on the name yes, Jesus. Sir. And so we're, we're almost comforted with things like, yeah, Jesus saves. We go, oh, Jesus is good. And then we just live our lives, and he's not God. We, yeah. we, haven't, we haven't called on him. We, we, haven't, we haven't repented. We, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not upset about our sin. We're not trying. It's just this. It's a word we use. It's, it, it, he's Jesus. He's great. Yeah, Jesus saves. Uh, but Jesus saved my brother for real. A couple of years, and, and I just watched him change my brother's life. My brother Aaron, he went to Bible college, and, and I'm just watching this guy's life. I mean, he and I were drinking, partying, smoking, everything. And, dude, he's changed. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I could tell him, like, something's different. And uh, he kept witnessing to me and witnessing to me and witnessing to me. And then, uh, then my wife ends up getting saved. And I'm like, dude, somebody, somebody, somebody invited us to church, and they go, man, you ought to just come to church with us. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll go to church. And I went, dude, and they gave the invitation. My wife's from China. My wife, my wife moved to America when she was 14, 13 yeah. or 14. Like, didn't even speak English. Literally learned how to speak English from just watching TV. Like, yeah. just, I mean, just. 
you know, amazing. She's actually inside homeschooling my kids right now. It blows my mind. I'm like, dude, my wife is so wonderful. But uh, she moved here. She goes to church for the first time. Here's the gospel. Comes forward. Gets saved. We know Jesus. You know? Exactly. She didn't have that, that she wasn't numb to it. Maybe that's, that's the right. word to use. And uh, it, it, it blows my mind. People, I, I heard people asking all the time, they, they would go, well, how'd your wife get saved? Because she's from China and this, this. And I always like to tell them, like, oh, man, it's a miracle. You're never going to believe it. But someone invited us to church. Yeah. And that's why my wife, <laughs> it's that It's that easy. You know, I think sometimes we make it so complicated. Like, well, I got to, I mean, just invite your neighbor to church say hey man what are you doing sunday do you go to church isn't this virus crazy isn't this stuff nuts man i'm glad i know the lord right now do you know the lord would you like to come to church with me would you like i pray with you i mean so my wife my wife gets saved and uh at this point i'm i'm start i know it in my heart i'm like man i'm i'm not a christian i don't know god i'm like i'm a Mm -hmm. fake and i knew it i'm like and so i prayed and uh you know, I, I prayed a prayer. It was really simply this. I said, God, if you're real, show me. Like, if you know, it, it, like, I, I mean, I, I've heard the stories about Moses. I've heard, heard about the Red Sea and and, 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 and Elijah, I mean, fire from heaven. You, know, you, you hear these stories of Noah and the ark, and, 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 and I just I just believed in my heart. And, I, and looking back now, I'm like, it is true. But at that time, I believed. I go, if you love me this much. And if I just honestly ask you, Lord, show me, like, show me who you are, Lord, if you, if you're up there, God, if you're real, show me who you are. You know, I, I Metro Detroit is a, we, there's, there's a lot of Muslims. There's a lot, there's, I mean, I went to school with a lot of people that believe a lot of different things about a lot of different gods. And I'm sitting there as a lost person. Well, you know, why are there so many religions if there's one real God? And so I prayed a prayer and I said, God, if you're real, show me. And I told him like, I'll live for you. Like, I, I will, I will follow you, Lord. If you're real, Jesus, if you're God, show me, Lord, help me. And, uh, man, two days later, I ended up getting arrested again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for just drugs, alcohol, all this, you know, you know, and, and I had a bunch of warrants out for my arrest. And so I got pulled over, you know, driving home from work and get pulled over. And, you know, I got a tra- track record a mile long and, you know, I ended up going to jail and I sat in jail. And I thought, well, this is what I get. <sighs> You know, and, and I was I was murmuring and complaining to God even before I'm saved. I'm sitting there, and I'm going, "This is what I get for trying to live for you." You know, I'm I'm trying to do the right thing, and I wasn't. I wasn't trying to do the right thing. We we lie to ourselves, yes, man. Sir. People, we are so good. We we make this little narrative, and, and, and we're so self centered and egotistical. We really do think the world revolves around yes, us. Sir. So we 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 you know everyone's out to get me, and this is what I get. Nah. And, uh, but I was murmuring to God and I, I'll tell you what, I just finished reading Deuteronomy in my Bible reading today. And I thank God that when I was murmuring against him in jail, that he didn't just totally go, mm-hmm. okay, fine. Ian, have it your way. But, uh, man, I, I sat in jail for a couple days and a few days later, man, they came around and they said, Hey, we're having a church service. They go, man, they, they go, who wants to go to church? And, uh, man, I, I figure I got nothing else to do. Yeah. You know, and went to a church service, man. And it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, DL Moody. It wasn't Billy Sunday. It was, it wasn't even a pastor. It was a guy from a local church. And I don't even know what church is. You know, so I don't think it was a Baptist church. You know, he, he gave me a new King James Bible after, you know, so I don't think it was that, yes. but, uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, man, he, he, he shared the gospel. 
Yes, sir. And I, and I don't know, man. I don't know what it was. I, I know I've heard it before, but you know, this time, man, it was empowering. And this dude gave the gospel, and I'm sitting there, man, and I knew it. I go, I'm, I'm, I'm so wicked. I'm so sinful. And 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 I, even right now, man, I just just thinking about it, just, just man, it just rips my heart up, man. How great God is to me. Yes, sir. But uh, I felt like I'm like, man, I'm gonna fall apart. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry and in jail, dude. You don't want to be soft. That's right. And uh, so so honestly, I didn't I didn't pray right there at the thing. He, I mean, he gave an invitation, like, hey, does anybody just want it? And I just, I knew I was going to, but I just didn't. And I always tell that to preachers, because I think sometimes we think, why didn't they? We don't know. Yes, sir. We, dude, I knew I was going to fall apart. I knew, I go, as soon as I kneel before God, I'm going to, I'm going to crack. I could, I could feel it. I'm like, and so it was the end. And I was like, I'm like, just let me go back to my cell. And I went back to my cell and I knelt down next to my bunk with 31 other guys and a big cell block, dude. And I just fell apart before the Lord. And I don't remember Amen. everything I said, but I know I called out to God Amen. and the Lord heard me. The Lord heard me out of a jail cell. Dude, when I read the Psalms and it's sitting there and it's talking, like I, I sought the Lord and he answered me. <sighs> Doesn't that blow your mind? Yes, sir. That the God of heaven would hear a vile person like Amen. I was in jail. Dude, that God heard me out of a jail cell, out of the depths of hell. Man, just I cried out to God and he heard me. Dude, he saved me. Amen. It changed my it just changed everything. And uh so, you know. Long story short, that's that's how I got saved. And really quick after that, I mean, I, I was still in jail, you know, uh, still out, locked up. I still had to do my time. You know, you reap what you sow in that's life. Right. So, sometimes, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes God steps in, and you don't have to deal with the 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 the, the wages of sin. But you know what? A lot of times, I'll tell you, I do a lot of dumb stuff, and God goes, Ian, you're forgiven, but you're still going to have to deal with this yes, because the, you, you reap what you sow. So I was I was reaping some jail time, man, and uh, 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 for the sin that I sowed. But while I was in jail, man, I started reading the Bible, and I started growing. God, man, God started to work in my life. Uh, I, I remember calling my brother, calling my wife telling them i'm like and i couldn't explain it but man i had to tell people about it i had to tell everybody about it my buddies i didn't know how to explain the gospel to them my brother aaron gave me some like gospel tracks you know and i'm sitting in jail with a gospel track i got a handful of them but i just started writing letters to my friends you got all day so i'm like dude i'm gonna i'm gonna copy down what this says i'm gonna write down these bible verses and i'm gonna mail letters to my friends do glory to god that i've been able to see a bunch of my friends i used to sell drugs with and to get saved like this is just a changed life, man, dude, a changed life. The power of the cross to just changed man's life. You know, and, and I'm not trying to take up too much of your no, time with this, time, you man. know, and, but, but man, I'm, you know, we're, we're looking at the, the country is ripping each other apart, man. And, and, and we're, man, and, and people are looking for answers and, and there's, there's something, there's something about a this changed thing. life. Nice. The miracle of a change. You can't, dude, I, I have preached and I've told people Jesus and I've done this and, and I've had people mock me and tell me I'm an idiot. And, and I just tell them, like, dude, you you can say whatever you want that you think Jesus isn't real or this. I'm like, but look at my life. Yes, sir. You can't tell me, dude, Jesus, we, we're, you know, man, he's a life changer. That's he's right. a life changing God. And when you let God change your life, people see it. That's right. And they know there's you look, Jesus walked on water. And sometimes I wish, man, like Lord, like if you would do something like that, man, people would believe. But I'll tell you what, if we let God change our life, 
Yes, sir. we'd be a living miracle that people could see and believe on the Lord. And uh, so, man, I, I felt really quick. I'm like, dude, I'm like, telling everybody about Jesus is the only thing that matters in life. That's right. And, and, and I, t- I was telling my, I was locked up in jail and I'm telling my brother Aaron, I'm like, I don't even want to go back to my job. Like, I don't even care about any, all I want to do is tell everyone about Jesus. That's it. And uh, he told me, he's like, he goes, I think God wants you to be a preacher. Like, I don't know what it means to be called to preach. I never went to yeah. a youth camp. Like, I was in jail and God was calling me to preach, but I didn't know what it was. Yes, you know, like, I didn't have anybody to, like, explain it to me. It reminds me of Samuel, you know, when he, when he hears the Lord and he goes into, he goes into a, a, a Eli or whatever, and he, and he, he, he doesn't understand what's happening. And, and uh, but, man, a guy was calling me to preach. I told my wife. Dude, she she was with me. My wife's always been by my side. Amen. I thank God for my wife. She has always, but whatever God wants to do, she's like, whatever the Lord tells you to do, we're going to do it. And I'll tell you what, if, I don't know if you're a lady watching this, but I just want to say this to you. The best thing you can do for your husband is just let your husband love God and follow God. And Amen. you just help your husband. Dude, my wife, the, so much of what I think God has been able to do through our life and through our ministry is because my wife, just lets me love God. Yes, and there's times when I'll just say something crazy, like, man, like, I, I, I think we need to just do this, or we need to do that, or we need to, my wife never complains. She doesn't complain about not having stuff that other Christian ladies have. Mm-hmm. She just, do. my wife loves God with all of her heart, Praise and the it's the best gift she could give me. So, man, went to college, and, and, and you know, I, I got on staff at a church that I, I went to college at, Grace Baptist Church in Gaylord, Michigan. My pastor was John Jenkins, and, and I, w- I, went, I went to his college, and I, he ended up hiring me on the staff, and I was the, the bus director and led soul winning there at the church. And But uh, I got really burdened, man. I really started to get burdened because I'd look at our church, and I'd go, man, there's like seven dudes on staff here. I'm like, we're in a town of, you know, 5,000 people, yeah. and there's seven preachers. And, and, and I just... I just couldn't, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm like, dude, I, I want to go where there's not a preacher. That's right. Like there's seven of us in a town of 5,000. That's great. And that's, and I, I do believe in teams, man. I believe that it, I think two by two is a way better method Amen. than, than just you and your spouse. You know, it might, you, Peter was married but in the book of Acts. It wasn't, yeah, Peter and his wife, you know, we're, I, I'm Peter and this is my wife and we're going to Jerusalem. Help us. It was Peter and John, man. It was just Paul and Barnabas. And you know, it's, I think it's a good way to go. And uh, so I wanted, I wanted to go preach the gospel, man. And I knew God was calling me and uh, I ended up going out to North Dakota of all places. I think your brother is actually pastoring a church plant right near where I went. I went to a church in Beulah, North Dakota. Yes, sir. And, uh, that had been there for a long time and, and they had a good history of stuff uh, uh, from back in the day. Uh, and I went there and, and was there for a couple of years and was able to help them a lot. And they helped me a lot. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, even then, you know, we went there and we knocked on every door. We went, we went, we went, we, and we preached the gospel and went and, 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 and I'll be honest, God, God just, my heart started getting burdened again. I went on this trip to China with my wife, and uh, while I'm there, this is while I'm pastoring North Dakota, man, I'm I'm there, and I'm just, like, I'm just beside myself. Yes. Like, I don't know any other way to put it. Like, I'm just, like, I'm just walking around, and I go, none of these people know Jesus. None of them. Like, none of these people know Jesus Christ. And, it, and, and, and Chris, dude, China, I saw your post this morning about 7.7 billion people in the world. China has 1.7. Has... Is that right? 1.7. Yeah, yeah. China, one out of seven people in the world lives in China. Yes, sir. Like, that's an easy way to look at it. And, dude, I'm there. 
and no one knows the Lord. And, and I mean, I'm talking to people and my, 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 it's, uh, you know, they're meeting these underground churches. Yes, they're hiding out. Yeah. I am like, I'm sitting there and I'm just, it just rocked me. And I came back to the States and, uh, I just, I couldn't get over it. Yes, sir. And, and, it, and it got so bad. I'm pastoring, I'm pastoring, but man, my heart is like, you know, and for months and I, I ended up fasting a lot and I'm telling God, I'm like, God, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm given to missions and, and I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm doing stuff for missionaries. I'm burdened. And, and I know there's a difference between a burden and a calling, but I'm like, Lord, I'm like, my heart is broken. And it's been months. Yes, and so I just started fasting. My like, God, you got to show me what's going on. Like, what do you want me to do? What do you want? And long story short, man, God ended up just laying in my heart that he wanted us to come to Boston and just start a church. Amen. You know, I, I, I really thought, I'm like, we're going to go to China and we can do this. And, and, and I'm like, look, you know, my, my, my in-laws live in China and my wife has a dual citizenship. Uh, uh, and, and, and so I'm like, you know, if, if you were, if you were to go to China, brother Chris, you know, you would have like six weeks to get money and figure something out before they would just send you back. Like they, they're not exactly, it's crazy in America. We're like, come in and we're going to pay for everything for you. But every other country in the world's like, look, if you can't bring something to the table, you know, hit the road. And, uh, so I thought I go, man, I'm like, any other American preacher would have to, but I, but I have family. I have all, like, they would let me come in. They, they, they'll give me a two year visa right now. I could get a 24 month visa to China right now if I wanted wow. to. So I thought that's surely what God wants, but God just made it clear. He's like, that, that's not it. And, uh, you know, next thing I know, I'm just sitting there praying about starting a church somewhere. And, and I heard someone say, they go, man, they go, the hardest place to start a church would be Boston. And so I don't know. I just started praying. I'm like, Lord, then that's where that's where I want to go. I want to see you do something, God, big. I want to see the Lord do a miracle, man. And I'm not not in a vain way. Not where the Pharisees they they said, show us a magic trick. Yes. Not like that. Like I want I want to see God's name be glorified and exalted. I just want to be lifted up. And, and and came to Boston and you know got the church going here, and it's just been it's just amazing. It's just, it's just been a miracle, yes, man. Sir. God, God, dude, living for God a hundred miles an hour is yes, the sir. only way to live this life. Yes, sir. 90, 90% for Jesus is just not enough. It's not. Dude, it, it, it's just, you know, I don't want to be an Ananias and Sapphira. I'm not trying to give 90% <laughs> hold back anything, man. I, I want to go wide open. Yes, and when sir. I was lost, dude, I was wide open. Yes, sir. I was wide open for sin. I was wide open for wretchedness. Eve, dude, right before I got saved, man, I was actually planning on murdering somebody. You know, and I tell, I, I try not to tell people that too often because I think it's, you know, when you're witnessing to somebody, it's not always a good thing to say, hey, I was going to kill some, you know what I mean? But, but I was. Dude, they, I had somebody and I they did something to me and I go, no problem. And I go, I'm going to sit for about three months mm -hmm. and I'm like, three, six months from now, I'm going to come back and kill you. And three months later, I had still totally intended on doing that. Glory to God, he saved me. Amen. Glory to God that he saved me. Dude, I'm a I'm, man. I read those verses about if anybody if you have hate in your heart towards your brother, you're a murderer. I'm a murderer. I'm an adulterer. I have a wicked heart and I'm totally undone, man. And Jesus Christ has made all the difference in my Amen. life. He's changed everything. So. That's a wonderful story, brother Ian. And I want to I want to say a few things. Number one, if you're watching this, no matter if you're a young man, young lady, uh, no matter what background you come from, God can yeah. use you. I'm a third generation preacher. I grew up in a Baptist preacher's home. 
And I'm thankful God saved me, called me to preach, and was patient with That's me. Right. Because for eight years, I squandered my Christian life. But I, I had a different background than Brother Ian. My wife, you mentioned somebody inviting your wife to church. My wife uh, started going to church because some, a Baptist church put a track on a door. Uh, that's and, you know, and people tell tell me all the time that tracks don't work. Uh, that's hogwash because my wife uh, is a result of it. So uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm I want you to know, no matter what background you've got, God can use you. And it was funny you said you were from Detroit because I'm sure everybody was thinking you were from uh, South Alabama with that accent, but then, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> that, yeah. I, I thought like, that was, I get confused with southerners all the time yeah, that's right. and uh but he mentioned he don't understand why when he was in prison or in jail that uh you know it, it finally the gospel clicked and we are I, and the word i like to use brother ian is we are desensitized in america to the gospel yeah. we have a head knowledge of the gospel but very few have a heart knowledge yeah. and because of this i mean even the catholic believes in the death burial and resurrection of jesus but they're not believing on it for salvation on it and right. i think that a lot of times we don't want to tell people the sin they're in that we don't want to confront people about sin not in a harsh ugly way but i i thought about the samaritan woman while you were speaking and Jesus did no miracles in Samaria. Not one single miracle. No walking on the water. None of that. They knew that the Messiah was coming. She told him the Messiah was coming. And right. but but the fact was she was confronted with her sin. And the good news means nothing unless the bad news gets there first. And I right. I, I feel like and I don't want to speak out I don't want to speak out of turn for you, but brother Ian, I feel like that that point in your life the the bad news finally got there you know it, it really yeah. registered and then the good news meant something and i think that's what we're missing is a, a lack of preaching on holiness and repentance and sanctification in our day a preaching yes. on sin because nobody knows that there there's bad news anymore and so right. that's why the good news doesn't mean anything and i want to say this um I, I love what I man that was an awesome testimony and what I want to do is I want to uh, I want to I want us to uh, st stop off here for this week and I want to uh, get another interview with brother Ian and let him finish these other two questions I don't want him to be rushed and we got all the time we want to I mean I could make this right. you know four or five hours long but I want you listeners to be able to continue to listen and in, uh, in a timely manner so we're gonna cut off here for today and Brother Ian will be back with us on the next episode. And again, follow us on the YouTube channels. Follow us on, uh, go over to the podcast to follow that. Subscribe yep. to that. Follow Brother Ian on Facebook. Uh, Brother Ian, before we go, could you tell us about the moped ministry? Oh man, the, the the ruckus ministry. Listen to this. It's it's my it's it, this isn't me, man. This is my buddy Chris Casey. By the way, Chris Casey, you that, that name might sound familiar. He's the pastor in Worcester, Massachusetts, that literally just wrote a letter to the governor, like, "No, nah, we're not, we're oh, not wow. closing down." It was all over the news. It was on like national news. Wow. So, uh, uh, but my buddy Chris, uh, who also got saved in prison, uh, he he just he has a Honda Ruckus. It's a little moped, and <laughs> and, and man, in Worcester, in Worcester, where he's at, man, it is a rough area. Uh, he and my brother Aaron, who who uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, my brother Aaron pastors an hour south of Boston okay. in a city called New Bedford that is rough. 
I mean, Aaron and Chris both pastor. I, I'm in Boston, and honestly, they're in uh, more rough areas than I am in. Uh, and so what we find is, you know, there's there's a ton of people out, and people are not right, right now, but typically there's people everywhere. There's people on the streets. There's in, in, in Worcester in particular, uh, uh, there, there's a lot of drug dealers and prostitutes, and that's what happens, dude, at, at night when the, when the sun goes down. These drug dealers, they keep these women, they keep them addicted to drugs, and they put them out there on the street. And it's 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 just it's a shame. So uh, what we did was we, we bought three Honda Ruckuses. Actually, Christians bought them. Once we we literally just started talking about it, and then mo- people started sending money to to buy them. And uh, what we do is we just go right around and, and look for people to talk to and lead to the Lord and tell them about Jesus Christ. And we've been able to see prostitutes get saved and man, Hallelujah. just you know. I do that, and it's really Chris's ministry more than mine. I get to take a part in it. I'm thankful for it. But uh, last last year, we were able to go down to Provincetown, which is uh, it's where well, it's where the Pilgrims first landed. I think. Technically, uh, before they came and, and settled in Plymouth, but Provincetown—I don't know how to describe it other than this—it's on the very tip of Cape Cod. So Cape okay. Cod, the Cape looks like a big hook, and it's right there on the very tip okay. of that hook. And uh, it, 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 you know, they landed there first. It's a real shame because Provincetown is absolutely Sodom and Gomorrah. It is a it is a den of homosexuality and sin. All of that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just, you don't take your kids there, man. Yes, After dark, I mean, I'm not even going to talk anymore about it, but when, when the sun goes down in Provincetown, it is vile, exceedingly vile. And uh, so what we did last year is we took those three ruckuses down to Provincetown and we rented a, a beach house for all of our families, like a few miles outside of town. So our family, they're just, they're thinking it's summer vacation. They're having the best day ever. But, you know, when when the sun went down, we just rode those mopeds into downtown Provincetown, man. It's it's real. It's an old city, dude. It's, you know, it's in this part of the country, a lot of it's it's so old and the roads and stuff are still for historical purposes are very narrow. And those little those little mopeds will get all up and down the sidewalks and and they're awesome. So we take them to Provincetown. We go down there. We just start preaching the gospel to people. Amen. And, uh, it, it's it's been it's been awesome. It, that that's a whole other thing. I could talk for an hour just about that. But but it's cool. It's an awesome ministry. Uh, you got to pray for it. Uh, it. Somebody somebody stole all three of the mopeds. My and we're yeah, this was a few months back. Somebody stole them. And uh, the police have told us they go, yeah, we're, we'll we'll get back with you. And I one was recovered, and it was like spray painted and beat up, and but not all of them have been recovered yet. But I do know that Chris, I was talking to Chris about it not too long ago. I'm actually going to be with him next week. Uh, Chris, you know, we're we're still planning something. We're still yes, we're sir. right now. I think we're just trying to figure out what's going on, like everybody else, with this coronavirus yes, thing. But the ruckus ministry is pretty awesome, dude. It's, it's Chris Casey started it. And, and we ride Honda Ruckus mopeds because they're super dependable and you can get parts for them everywhere. So he just calls it making a ruckus for yes, Christ, sir. you know? <laughs> so it's, That's a I'll cool tell you name. what, dude, yeah, when, when you're, when you're right, I'll tell you what, you're riding around, you're riding around Provincetown, man, witnessing and, and, and giving the gospel to, you know, just the, you know, just, just, you know, sinners, just like us, you know, but when you're giving the gospel to people, man, and they're not, they're not always super excited about it. I'll tell you what, drug dealers aren't super excited when you're out there talking 
you know, talking to their women. Exactly. Exactly. And it's hard. It's hard not to get bitter at them because you'll, you'll be talking to these chicks and you'll look down on the block and you see a dude just staring at Um, you know, like, yeah, that's, that's your, that's your pimp down there. And he's watching me. And and I know that, you know, and I, I, we know that we see each other, but I'm going to sit here and preach to this girl. You know, and, and they don't they don't like that, dude. They don't like it, dude. We I was in Philadelphia witnessing to uh, somebody, and and they were telling that the pastor of that church there was telling us he goes, man, he goes, these drug dealers get ticked when they see you out here witnessing to to, to these people because they they don't want them to get clean. They don't want them to get off the streets. It's crazy, man. Well, man, that's great stuff. And uh, hey, if you're watching and you want to help with the ruckus ministry, I'm gonna put brother uh, Ian's info in the description and you can get in contact with him and maybe we can get him some more mopeds amen and yeah. or, or or if you have a honda ruckus yeah, if you then, have a honda you know, ruckus. Just, right you just drive your ruckus up here yeah. and then we'll, we'll go we'll go soul in it together for a week and it'll be awesome you that's know? right <laughs> that's right and uh we'll get back with brother brother ian and i i'm so thankful he's on and uh i i've never had i've never gotten to do this but it'll be fun to come back and find out and get to ask them these next two questions. So if God bless you, share this around. I hope you have a good day. Don't you hear my Savior calling? I said, who will go and work today? Yes, fields are right and harvest waiting. Who will bear? 